the only thing you care about. That's right. The Football Pod is back. If GAA is the only thing you care about, make sure you don't miss the return of the Football Pod. You just knew what was coming down the track. Subscribe to the Football Pod wherever you get your podcasts. You ain't shit! I wish I was 50 years younger you and I'd kick your ass. Well, fans can be the harshest critics, you know. And they often are. A wife is often the harshest critic <laughs> of her husband. <laughs> I thought I was invincible. That's what you're, you're trained to believe as a sports person. There was four million people in Ireland who knew much more about managing <laughs> football teams than I did. When it comes to music, I can spoof it the best. Your sporting career is the best time you'll have, and, you know, you have to hang on to it for as long as your life, because everything else is pretty crappy. And this is not lies. Stephen Rochford has never spoken to Jim McGinnis in his life. And this is Off the Ball Saturday on News Talk. Uh, John Duggan with you here to five. You can text us 53106. Uh, we're streaming the conversation as well. So listen on your radio and news talk around the country, but also watch us on the digital and social channels for Periscope and Twitter at Off the Ball, YouTube, Facebook, and on the OTB Sports app. This is the Saturday panel. Now, earlier this morning, the Geelong Cats beat the Sydney Swans by 133 points to 52 to win the grand final of Australian Rules Football in Melbourne. Why is this important? Well, part of Geelong's Premiership winning team were Zach Tui of Leash and Mark O'Connor of Kerry, the duo following in the footsteps of Ty Canelli, Ailish Constantine and Orla O'Dwyer in winning AFL Premiership. So to talk about Ireland and Australian rules, we're going to be joined here in studio by Longford's uh, Mickey Quinn, formerly of Essendon, and on the line by the ex-Carlton player and current Louth footballer Kieran Byrne, and in Adelaide at the moment by legendary Mayo footballer and current Greater Western City Giants player Cora Staunton. Mickey, how are you? Good, good, yeah. Tired after this morning, but uh, it's the result all the Irish wanted. Um, so, yeah, it's a phenomenal achievement um, for Zach and Mark and, and the way it all transpired for, for both of them getting to play and, and two Irish guys to to get um, a great AFL medal on, on the day. It's been super. Put into context for us if you can. Yeah, it's funny, looking back on it, I think myself and Zach were pretty much around the same time when we went. And right. you're kind of, you're looking back, it's like, wow, okay, he went that way, I went this way. <laughs> um, but You went back to Longford. Yeah, like, okay. <laughs> life um, life goes different directions. And I think what it does show is that, I hold my hand up, I don't think I probably had that the same kind of mindset that was needed for that professional environment how cutthroat it is but to see where he has gone and his career and how it has just rocketed um, and then with tr- changing clubs one of the few Irish guys that has kind of changed clubs and actually been a success with Geelong um, it just shows the kind of person that he is um, and that's just Zach you look at Mark the kind of role that he is with Geelong um, shutting down opposition and playing in the midfield which in a wing position that in my time it was something that doesn't happen Irish guys it's like nah you're not allowed in there you shouldn't be in the middle why wouldn't you be I think it's probably a bit of a, a stigma that you kind of have to be behind the play it was always something that we were I would have been told to keep the play uh, in front of you it's easier to understand the game from there and as you get better you progress up the field and you might find yourself in a wing or up front but um, that was kind of the way things were I think they've realised now that some of the Irish guys that are going out that there's more strengths that are both than just playing in defence and keeping the play in front and being a line breaker Kieran and Cora has the form very good, very good. Um, yeah, good like, job, good. Corey, you must be pretty proud standing in Adelaide today as an Irish uh, Australian rules player, seeing what those lads did. Yeah, it was. Um, um, yeah, it was great to watch. Um, obviously, we're in Adelaide. We have a game tomorrow. So, yeah, we watched the game here. Um, 
yeah, it was amazing to watch. Obviously, um, the game wasn't the best spectacle, but um, yeah, the Irish boys won't mind that for sure. Um, yeah, the game was probably over by quarter by quarter time, if we're being honest. Geelong were ruthless and probably have been all year. They've been the best team in the competition. That was their 16th win in a row. Um, yeah, they were awesome, and, and yeah, it was a really proud moment to watch both um, you know Zach and Mark um, go up for their premiership medals. Um, they both had um, absolute stormers today. Obviously, Mark wasn't sure what, whether he was going to um, start or not. Obviously, there was a late withdrawal of Max Holmes for, for Geelong, so Mark came in and yeah, he he played a blinder. He he done very well early days in the game and. Um, you know, Zach down back, he, he's been a guy that has been kind of thrown around everywhere for Geelong in, in, in kind of the last um, 18 months. He's been forward, he's been wing, um, he's been back, but he was settled down back today. And yeah, as the game went on, he really grew into it and he was excellent in, in, in the in the latter parts of it. So yeah, really proud day watching them. And, yeah, and as uh, as I said, it was great to see both of them go up and get their, their premiership medals. And maybe give us a sense of the importance of this game in the Australian uh, cultural landscape. Like, this is their All-Ireland final. This is their Super Bowl. Would that be correct to say that, Cora? Yeah, it certainly would. Um, you know, even the build-up is, is massive the whole week. Um, I suppose this is the first time I've actually been in, in, in Australia when the grand final has actually been on. Um, so, yeah, just even the week alone, the build-up to it, the, the amount of different things. It started on um, last Sunday night where they have the Brown Law, which is the equivalent of um, Player of the Year um, in, in Gaelic football. So that was on Saturday or Sunday night. It's normally on a Monday night it starts, but it was on Sunday night because of the Queen's funeral. And then just the build-up all week with the amount of uh, footy shows that's on, there's probably two or three at least on a night in the build-up to the game. Um, and then on, on yesterday, Friday, the grand final parade, which um, even watching that, it was amazing. The, you know, the um, the two teams were on boats down the River Yarra in, in Melbourne and then in in, um, in youths um, going from there to the MCG and, you know, just the amount of people that were at it. And then, you know, grand final um, breakfast this morning. There's just so much build-up to it and... It uh, culminates in, in in the grand final, and I think um, from hearing it on the the TV was the the biggest attendance at a grand final since 1986. So there was just over a hundred thousand, a hundred thousand, a hundred thousand and twenty four at the grand final, and yeah, it's it's just a massive spectacle um, around Australia. Um, you know, obviously the day before the grand final is the bank holiday as well in Victoria. So yeah, it's. It really is a massive um, event, and yeah, I, I suppose there's no no other like it, especially um, in Australia. And Kieran, you're a former teammate of Zach's at Carlton, I believe. You must be made up for him and Mark. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just like what Cora and Mickey said, uh, it was an absolute pleasure to watch the two boys go out in the MCG this morning. Uh, I know it was bright and early for us here, and as Mickey said, I'm quite tired now after watching it, but. Um, following Zach's career and where he's come from, um, I was lucky enough to spend a bit of time with Zach early days at Carlton and seeing how hard he worked and how durable he was as a footballer was just, it was just amazing. And to see that firsthand um, and where he's come from since then has just been a credit to Zach and his family um, and to Mark as well. Um, he's an absolute gent. Obviously, was lucky enough to get to meet him a few times while he was down at Carlton. And as, um, as Mickey said, to push into the wing and to play that role is, is quite difficult. It's probably something that I would have loved to have played while I was at Carton, um, and, that, and, and Mark suits that role. He's, he's an amazing athlete, he's quite fit, he's strong, um, and he's adapted to that quite well over, over the year. And um, I've been in that position before, where, leading into the week, where you don't realise if you're going to be playing the game or not. He was, he was emergency this week, so it was quite a tough position for him to be in mentally, and 
for him to go out and perform the way he did uh, today was was an absolute credit to him and um, it's an amazing achievement to, to think the two boys in, from Ireland, um, from Leash and from Kerry can go out and I suppose not only play um, at a consistent level at AFL but to go on and actually win a premiership just like Tag Ding and the two girls that you mentioned is, um, is an absolute credit to the two boys and I was kind of a bit jealous this morning looking at them and um, yeah, I'm sure they're celebrating now into the early hours of the morning. You tempted to go back down there now, Kieran? are you? <laughs> uh, look, there has been uh, plenty of rumours as, as of late. Um, look, there's no doubt about it. I have been chatting with Carlton over the last couple of weeks and it's it's definitely something I'm considering. Um, I'm 27 now and 28 this December, so I'll never get this chance again. Um, I feel like there is an itch that I still want to scratch in the game. I know across five seasons, I only played 22 games. Um, in the grand scheme of things, it was quite quite cool to achieve that, but I felt like I was uh, a player that could have achieved, I suppose, a lot more, um, considering I had a, a lot of injuries, and I suppose that's been well documented too. So, look, it's definitely something that I am considering. Um, I have another couple of weeks to decide whether that's for me or not. Um, I have a few conversations to have here at home with my family and the like, so... Um, Look, who, who knows what the next couple of weeks will hold. Like you're playing for Louds, Biggie Hearts there now, you're doing well. Is there a pull, is there a conflict within you, Kieran, about home, about Australia, about professional, about amateur, about the community? Is there is there a pull there? Uh, no, there definitely is. Um, I know some people are different, but for me, um, I'm a true Irishman. I, I love my GEA, I love the community, and it's, it's something that I definitely did miss while I was down under. Um, I suppose that all cum- culminated with the fact that I did have so many injuries. Uh, when I was going quite well down in Australia and playing consistent football in the senior team, I was loving life. I, I felt like I was on top of the world, but I suppose I experienced both the highs and the lows of AFL football and, and how far you can actually feel away from home, uh, especially in 2015 when I did that ACL. So, look, um, it is something. It is a game that I love and it is something that I feel like I've unfinished business with. Um, and then obviously with Loud, Coming up in the next year, Mickey has taken us to, to a place where live football hasn't been in a long time uh, in Division 2 next year with a lot of big games. So um, that's something that I kind of have to really consider as well. But uh, yeah, the next couple of weeks is going to tell, tell a lot. And Corey, your season's back underway now and you've had a few bumps and bruises recently and Vicky Wall's gone down there now as well. Yeah, um, yeah, season has started. So yeah, we're, we're out again tomorrow against the Crows. So... Yeah, there's been been a few bumps and bruises, a few broken bones, but um, I'm still managing to play. So you know that's that's the bonus. Yeah. Um. So yeah, there's a lot of Irish girls. We've 22 in the league this year, which is uh, the highest number that's been there. So, um. Yeah, it's it's been great watching. You know, all the games and all them um, progress. Vicky obviously being being the biggest name that's come out of of Ireland, but there's other girls that have come out as well. Orla Ali, her a teammate of hers who, who's doing pretty well um down here as well. So yeah, there there's been a lot of new girls. Amy Mulholland is another one that's come out as well um that's with Fremantle. So yeah, th- it, there's huge interest obviously um from Irish girls trying to get out here now and you know, as I've spoken on the show before, that's only going to grow and grow because of of the way the game is going. It's it's the seasons are getting longer. The the pay obviously has risen um, you know, um this season. So yeah, it's a huge draw and, you know, um obviously watching the boys um today, um, you know, everyone's goal, um, like Orla and Ailish has done is to is, is to try and win a premiership. So yeah, I'm lucky enough I'm still enjoying it. Um, you know, still most of my um bones are still intact. But um yeah, um we played the Crows tomorrow, which will be um, one of our tougher games. 
and uh, would there be a close community there now would there be WhatsApp groups now or would you have met Vicky yet or would you be in touch or does it work that way or is it more an individual situation no, I, I think it's it's for, in our case, because we're in New South Wales, it's a little bit different, but I know um, the girls are all in Melbourne. So obviously the majority of the clubs are in Melbourne out of the 18, 18 clubs, 10 of them are in Melbourne. So yeah, I know the girls in Melbourne certainly um, catch up and have WhatsApp groups and stuff. When we're in Melbourne, um, um, which we only have been once so far this season, yeah, we certainly try to catch up with them. But yeah, I'd be you know texting the girls and even before they come out, they would have been on to them. I'd have met up with them, just giving them different pieces of advice or they've had a number of questions to ask. So yeah, you'd certainly be in contact with them. And as I said, you try to watch as many games as you can over the weekend. Um, it's great now because the majority of games that you watch has Irish interest in it. There's very few clubs um, I think there's probably five left in the women's game that don't have Irish in it. So, yeah, you're certainly um, you're you're looking out for them, or you're you're coming up against them. In, in tomorrow's case, there's two Irish girls with the Crows that we'll come up against. So, yeah, certainly keep in contact with them or meet them um, whenever you um, you play against them. Uh, we have Ulster training the Scarlets 15-14 at the moment in the United Rugby Championship in Connachtar 7-3 down to the Stormers. What kind of advice? It's just like basic life advice, even for a beginning at Cora when you're going down to a new country. Yeah, I, well, I suppose for, for me it was a little bit different. I was obviously the first one to come out. So, yeah, and just the life advice, but also, you know, different things around contracts and um, just advice on, you know, how you, how you deal with the clubs, maybe um, things that you might need, places to live, work, just different things, just um, little pieces of advice that I suppose when I come out, I was lucky. I had Nicholas Walsh um, that was working in the Giants that gave me all that advice. And I suppose it's just passing on different things that I've learned. So um, I suppose around contracts and stuff like that, they just might ask you um, little things around that. Any piece of advice or anything that they might need to know that, that, that you, can, you can help them out with. As I said, there's the growing number here now. So there's a lot of girls that can, they can help them out with. But certainly anyone that has got in contact with me, um, Vicky, Orla, Lally, Erica, O'Shea, any of the, the girls that I can give them any advice to help them. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm only happy to help. As I said, I probably have a little bit more experience because this is my sixth season out here. But yeah, certainly, as I said, it's it's great to see them all doing well. Um, and as I said, it, it's tough going. You're a long way from home. So it's nice to have that little bit of support when you're that far from home. You've got to take a break. Stay with us for more chat on the Saturday panel as we speak to correspondent Mickey Quinn and Kieran Byrne about Ireland and Australian rules. Listeners out there, do you watch Aussie rules? Did you watch the match this morning? Maybe have more of an interest, especially people around Port Leash and the Leash area and the Kerry area from Dingle as well, given Mark O'Connor and uh, Zach Tui's exploits this morning for Geelong Cats. Can you blame any GA player for following a professional dream and maybe going down under and trying their hand at it? 53106 for your texts. Uh, you can also reach us on Twitter at Off the Ball, Off the Ball Saturday on News Talk is back after the news. The Saturday panel on Off the Ball. This is Off the Ball Saturday on News Talk. John Duggan with you three to five. You can text us five three one zero six. Tweet us at Off the Ball. This is part two of the Saturday panel. Earlier today, the Geelong Cats beat the Sydney Swans one hundred thirty three to fifty two to win the grand final of Australian Rules Football in Melbourne. Now, part of Geelong's Premiership winning team were Zach Tui of Leash and Mark O'Connor of Kerry, the duo following in the footsteps of Ty Kennelly, Ailish Considine, and Orla O'Dwyer in winning AFL Premierships. So, to talk about Ireland and Aussie rules, we're joined in studio by Longford footballer Mickey Quinn, formerly of Essendon. And on the line from Adelaide by Cora Staunton, Mayo legend and uh, current Greater Western Sydney Giants player, and the current Louth footballer and ex Carlton player, Kieran Byrne. And Kieran, come on the town. Uh, Zach had a flag there draped around him. And I love the fact that local GA and club GA has uh, got to millions of viewers in Australia and, and beyond. 
Yeah, it's 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 crazy. Um, I heard Zach screaming that on the TV, and my mom was like, "Zach's not from the dock," and I was like, I'm <laughs> "Like, um, obviously Zach's from Port Leash, and I've seen there's a lot of people tuning in from Port Leash too, down in Kieran Lillis's bar. So, uh, Zach constantly kind of comes home to Ireland and plays at Port Leash, and obviously still has that massive GA connection. So, it's still crazy to think that Zach's played 250 games. I know while I while I was at Carlton, I think. I was with him when he played 100 games and to think he's gone on and played another 150 games is, is, is absolutely crazy and his longevity in the sport has been um, has been a credit to himself and um, I'm sure and I think he is going again next year so I wish him the best of luck on that too. How were you welcomed uh, by the, the natives when you when you joined Carlton, uh, Kieran? Was it an easy assimilation for you? Uh, I suppose I was quite lucky. Um, I had Zach uh, there at the time and uh, I also had Kieran Sheaton and his girlfriend come out with me. Um, I was still quite young, I was 17, so to move, I suppose, the whole way across the world and to be to a foreign sport I never played was going to be obviously daunting, but um, it's something that I really enjoyed. I kind of uh, was thrown straight into the deep end, got to know a lot of the, the Aussie boys straight from the outset. Um, I met them in Arizona originally in, in, in America, so um, I kind of clicked with a lot of the boys um, from the onset, uh, especially Paddy Cripps, who's the current captain at the minute, so... Um, yeah, look, it's uh, it's something that I really enjoyed. I think the Aussies and the Irish can be quite similar in ways. Um, obviously, there's going to be egos in in a professional environment. Uh, you're dealing with um, a high caliber of players, so you're not going to get on with anyone. It's the same in any team sport. So um, I made some good friends along the way, and um, look, who knows? I, I might be back with them quite soon. Was Jim Steins the legend of Jim Steins a really big thing down there? Yeah, it's massive. Uh, there's a there's a statue of Jim outside the MCG and it's crazy to think what he achieved while he was there too and um, he was massive in their sport and, and, and did some great things so um, luck who knows there might be a statue of Zach outside the MCG quite soon but um, um, it's, it's great to see so many Irish boys and girls out there competing at such a such a high level uh, it's uh, we're such a small country but to, to travel across the world and uh, to not only compete but to be up there with uh, some of the best players in the team, it's uh, it's a credit to us. And um, look, I'm sure there's going to be plenty more people go over in the next couple of years and um, wish them wish them all the very best. Yeah, and Jim won the Brownlow Medal. He was the best and fairest player uh, in the early '90s, and obviously did a huge amount of philanthropic work uh, before his passing. And uh, a legend of AFL, Jim Steins. And you were in Essendon, Mickey. So, any regrets? Did you? What was the experience like for you? Yeah, I suppose for me it was probably slightly different. Um, have, not having an Irish guy um, at the club, I was kind of thrown into the deep end. Um, first one there, and probably naive at the time, but you probably were met with a little bit of hostility that who's this guy coming here taking one of um, the spots on the list when you look back on it. Um, but most guys um, get around you and, and welcome you in. I was lucky enough, um, lived with an Irish family um, from Tyrone and that kind of kept me going. Um, anyone that says that you don't have, or you never have regrets, I kind of always think, course you're going to have regrets you're going to have regrets no matter what you do or you're going to start thinking should have done this could have done that um, but I ended up I'm happy with the decision I made I kind of got best and fairest with um, the VFL team 
in my second year and presumed the next step would be to get onto a senior list. Um, but management changed in that period of time. New management came in and just extended me for another year on the rookie contract. And I suppose probably fell out of favour a little bit that this was a previous project player from the previous management. And that kind of year, I felt petered out. I think I played six games in my first year, two in my second, none in my third. Whereas usually you want to be going the other way. Um, but different missing home and, and family um, bereavements in my third year probably was the icing on the cake to just say right this is it last row I was happy to go home I didn't really look elsewhere so um, but looking back on it um, you always think oh could you have met it or, or played more games but I, I see what Zach has done and I'm like his level that he took things to I, I just think someone like that to do what he's done um, it, it stands the test of time to play that length of time out there and be still going I think he's the he's up there with the most consecutive games played in AFL without missing through suspension or injury I think he had that when he was with Carlton and I think Kieran. I think that's he was one of the highest uh, games in a row maybe three or four seasons without missing a game so um, that just comes with sheer resilience year in year out yeah, Donegal Ball did a really good uh, piece in the Irish Independent during the week on over 60 Irish players have gone down since the early 80s to Australia and had a go and for uh, some of them they've turned out like Zach Tui or Ty Canelli but for a lot of them haven't had many games and have had to come back home given it a shot and just hasn't worked out for whatever reason yeah and I think one of the things that you automatically assume or even though I didn't make it if you played everyone kind of hangs on for that first game one game uh, two games ten games and then you see Zach at 250 um, I think the big thing is like what is success is it for him he was he was just wanted a premiership medal that was kind of and I think listening to other guys talking getting that first game and maybe resetting those goals but I wouldn't see it as a a failure uh, for myself I think it made me a better person and maybe a better Gaelic football player but all around a better person leaving home when you're 18 years of age and been that far away you have to grow up very quickly um, and you learn different skills very quickly too no spot on life experience Kieran. what makes a good Australian rules footballer? Uh, it's, it's a mixture of a lot of things um, I think when scouts come to Ireland uh, they love the fact that we're quite powerful and quick and we play a ballistic style of play that's, I suppose, a wee bit different than what, how the Aussies would play it. Um, we kind of play a wee bit more off the cuff. I know watching Cora, it's quite exciting. Watching her, the way she goes about her AFL football it's, uh, and the way she kicks her goals is, is a bit different than what um, the Aussie girls would do. But um, yeah, I suppose speed, power is, is something that's, uh, that the scouts would be really looking for. Um, and obviously, I suppose for us Irish guys, uh, really adapting to be able to understand the game and, and the structures of the game can be quite difficult because it's it's not like your standardised Gaelic football. Um, there's a lot of positions and positional awareness spots that uh, that you have to get used to. And then obviously the, the obvious thing is the egg-shaped ball and, and how you adapt to to using that and, and kicking it is, uh, is different gravy altogether. So, yeah, it's a mixture of a few things. Um, but ultimately, speed and power, I suppose, like Gaelic, uh, is massive out there. Cora, how did you get your head around handling that ball? Yeah, I just think it takes time. Um, it takes time to settle in. I don't know if you'll ever be um, a natural at it. Um, I think like any good sports person, if you want to be good at anything, you just have to practice and do a lot of work outside of your, your normal training, however many days that might be in the week. So, yeah, it was just 
doing lots of extra sessions with coaches and yeah, um, you know, you're lucky enough that you're full time professional, so you have time to do that. But yeah, just I suppose the drive to want to be good. Um like both of the boys boys spoke about, you come out here and yeah, there's probably a little bit of stigma, you're Irish and you know, who are you coming out here taking a list spot? And yeah, I certainly felt that in my first year I came out here. Um, you know, you, you wouldn't say that you're welcomed with open armed arms by a lot of the players. Um, it takes a lot of time to, to kind of build up that respect. And um, I suppose I didn't feel that um, for a while. And I suppose you have to train hard. And I suppose then when you see see um, what you're capable at of training and in, in practice matches and stuff, that's where the respect builds. But um, it does take a while, I suppose, as I said, it's just practice and getting the ball in your hand as often as you can. As I said, it, it never will come natural. It won't come natural like Gaelic football does. But um, I suppose that's the challenge. Is it's trying to make yourself better every day you go out. Be a bit of a lonely spot then. Yeah, it can be at times. I, you know, I was lucky when I came out here. My brother lived here and his wife. So, um, you know, I had them, um, you know, to fall back on when I came home from training and stuff like that. Um, because it can be lonely. Um you know, I know, um, you know, Breed is out here with me, so it's a di- been a different experience for her because she's another Irish in the club. And I think that's a big thing uh, that if you have someone that you can fall back on and um, help you and guide you through. Um, you know, I, I always remember actually the, the day I, um, I got drafted out here and I came back from Melbourne from the draft and arrived back in Sydney. And I, I remember, um, you know, my phone was hopping, but one person I actually got a phone call, obviously not recognising the number because it was an Australian number, was Zach. And he was one of the first Irish people that rang me to say, you know, congrats. And if you if you need any hand with Anthony, um, you know, yeah, I'm always only a phone call away. So I suppose there's that Irish community here that, that we all really look out for each other. So I, I think do, that's huge. Do you important. find Cora with 22 um, girls involved in the AFLW that it's just the clubs or yourselves looking out for each other? Or is there player managers or other networks there uh, apart from just um, the girls that are playing? Uh, I, I don't know if there's that player manager. I think that that's certainly not there yet, and, and it probably will be in time, and, and probably will need to be. Um, I, I think it's yeah, it's it's probably clubs um, looking out for 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 the players. I know in our club we're very well looked after, and and they will then approach you if the, the if another Irish is on their radar to you know to try and to try and get them out. So obviously, breed in, in our case, um, Yvonne Bonner as well when she was here. Um, and I know that's the case in, in the other clubs. Um, you know, I know when um, Sinead Goldrick came to uh, Melbourne, it was the case of who else can we bring out? And obviously, Lauren McGee was there, Blohy Macken is there. And, you know, that's happened in other in other clubs as well. So I, I think in, in the women's game in particular, it's, it's you know, it's different to the men's game. And there's a need for the Irish um, more so than the, 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 there is in the men's game because there isn't enough talent. But um, they see how valuable the Irish are. Um, you know, the majority of the Irish, there has been a few that hasn't made it when they come out here. But, you know, you're talking about probably 75, 80 percent of the girls that come out, um, you know, have made it and, you know, are, are starting and, and, and getting a lot of games under their belt. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's a mixture of, of the, depending on the club that you're at um, and, and then obviously the support of other Irish girls within the club is huge. It's only going to get it bigger and bigger from whatever you're saying there, Cora. It seems to be expanding at quite a rapid rate. Yeah, it is. Um, and as I said, there's there's not enough talent in, in Australia um, for the rate of expansion. Um, obviously, there was a big push to get the whole 18 teams in the competition like the men because obviously every club wanted to have a team. Um, you know, and the, the talk over here probably wasn't um, the right time to get the whole 18 teams in as in from a talent point of view. 
Um, so yeah, that's why you know Ireland is is it's hugely important to them, and you know COVID over the last kind of two years have had have stopped that number of Irish coming out. That number, as I said in previous, that number would have been higher. But trying to get out to Australia in COVID times wasn't easy, even for us that has been over and back. Um, so yeah, I, I can see it growing, and you know there's there's huge interest from girls that want to get out here and want to try the professional lifestyle. So. Um, yeah, as I said, I all, already know girls are, you know, being approached for, for next season and girls are trying to get out for next season. It's it's a bit of both. So it will grow, um, you know, and, and it's, it's the case in the men's game as well. They're, they're always looking for, for Irish and Irish talent. You know, you look at Geelong, they, they were, um, you know, I don't know how far away from, you know, getting Oshin Mullen um, a couple of months back out to, to try and play. Um, you know, there's talks of Conor McKinnon now um, who has already been out there who's likely to go to Geelong as well. So, you know, clubs are clever. They see the importance of obviously the likes of Zach and Mark um, with Geelong and, and, you know, the value that they have been to them. You know, you look at Mark, I remember in his first couple of years, you know, he's 25 now, but I think when he's about 22, 23, you know, he was in the Geelong leadership group. You know, as the boys will know, they have some of the biggest names in, in um, AFL fo- fo- football in Joel Selwood, Patrick Dangerfield, Tom Hawkins, to name a few. These are massive superstars out, out here. But yet in all, they have a young 22, 23-year-old Irish guy um, in their leadership group in the club, which, uh, you know, honestly is, is amazing, you know, what they think of of, of the Irish guys. And, and Zach is so well thought of over here. Um, right throughout right throughout all clubs and right throughout the media. Um, you know, he's he's a, he's a superstar out here. Does that create a tension, Kieran, within the GA here, do you think? Or do people in the GA understand, look, this is a dream that you can't turn down? Look, I definitely think it creates some sort of some sort of tension, um, especially say from because I'm from the likes of Loud and, and, and the Aussies are taking the talent away from from counties that I suppose are uh, don't have an abundance of talent. So it definitely does create some sort of tension. But I think a lot of people are very understanding of the opportunity that it is. Um, it gives a young lad an opportunity to go, I suppose, live the culture of, of a lifestyle, of a professional lifestyle in a different country, uh, an opportunity to earn a living while playing sport, which is everyone's dream growing up as a kid. Like, as long as I know, like, I wanted to play some sort of professional sport. I never thought it was going to be AFL, but it ended up being. Um, but it definitely gives that opportunity and there's no doubt about it, there is tension that it caused between the GA and the AFL, but it's it's nothing the GA can do about it. The GA is an amateur sport and it's not going to put the put the dinner on the table or, or pay for the bills at the end of the day. So it's a decision that uh, the GA player weighs up and there's pros and cons to, to, to everything. And um, I'd always back any young lad or young girl to go out and pursue something that uh, could potentially be life-changing for someone. So um, I know it has a massive in- had a, a massive impact on my career. Um, so definitely, definitely, yeah. I think the vast majority of players that have came back have came back and brought, whether it be training methods or ideas, back to their clubs and their counties in some shape or form that a county or club might be losing a player but any time a player does come back or return seems to come back and maybe reinvigorate a club or county to, to maybe do something or change things up and bring back ideas and, and that willingness to give back so as much as it's probably seen as a loss there are certain other ways that 
things are gained. Um, you look at Marty Clark when he came back, Ty Canelli. Um, do you know yourself? What did you bring back to Longford? I don't know. Not much of a tan because um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I was afraid of the sun. Um, but like you, you, you try and bring back whether it be leadership skills, whether it be um, different ways of training skills. Um, do you know that you'd hope that you bring a standard, a professional standard that you've been in a professional environment for. For, for me it was three years that you've learned how to kind of manage yourselves and maybe guys row in behind you or you hope would row in behind you and maybe what I found is probably lads want to knock you off your perch a little bit and, and kind of they push on their level of training as as well as yours so um, you kind of think coming back that you're going to be way fitter but it doesn't necessarily work that way that it's a different level of fitness but guys kind of come, come up to that standard very quickly or that you drive things on so that's what I've felt with myself whether Kieran or Cora might have uh, saw things a little bit different but um, yeah that's that's what I reckon So are you somebody that would have been driving almost more professional standards when you came back would you have had maybe less patience or would you have been for some people who wouldn't have had that uh, kind of. I suppose I probably found myself um, as the years crept by that you start to drift back that maybe you were couldn't understand why guys weren't fully invested in, in, in something, whether it be club or county. It made no sense. Why would you not miss training for a wedding or something uh, along those lines? But the longer I've been in the system, the more I realise, you know, what you kind of have to have that balance. Um, whereas I probably would have been too razor focused on on one thing and mightn't have had a more balanced life away from football um, and I probably that came with time too and that was probably something I'd nearly say it, uh, it was something that held me back uh, when I was in Australia that I didn't have enough of a balance away from the club that my days off I'd still go into the club and maybe do ice baths or you know I hadn't that network away from it and that was pro- probably why I was asking Cora about player player managers and different things that you know they have a really good network of people out there um, at the moment willing to help and I suppose I found myself in that limo that you know the Irish at my time that were there mad to meet up with you were they were there for a party lifestyle whereas you're in a completely different bubble to what they are What were your observations Kieran, when you came back then from Carlton? Yeah quite, quite similar to Mickey I suppose it's that mindset of being a professional footballer I know to this day I think I'm home three years now at this stage. You nearly can't switch off. You, you always think you're a professional footballer. I know at the minute I run a, a Platters reformer studio of my own, but uh, it, it's daily, I think, when I wake up out of bed, I think, right, how's the body feeling? What do we have to do today to get the body right? And I'm playing an amateur sport in GEA, I suppose. It's that mindset switch that you have to understand you're back home, you're playing an amateur sport. It's not your living anymore. Um, I find it hard to completely switch off. And um, quite similar to, to Mickey when I was down under as well. I suppose I put all my eggs in the one basket and it was AFL and that's, that's all I knew. Uh, whereas if I was to um, do it all over again, that's the only thing I would change is it was I'd, I'd make sure that I'd have something outside of the, the AFL to kind of to switch off. And um, that's probably the biggest thing is to mentally switch off from the actual football side of things. So um, it can be quite a difficult transition from a fresh environment into a normal lifestyle back in Ireland. Definitely does take a couple of years, I'm sure. Uh, Mickey would agree with that. Um, but uh, there's a lot of people that are in the same boat. 
Uh, 53106 getting some text in here uh, best wishes of course Dante one of our great sports stars always great listening to her says one of our texters uh, when I was in school the AFL was on Channel 4 on Saturday morning in the early 90s I got into watching it having no allegiances to anyone I decided to watch Geelong versus Collingwood one day I support the winner Geelong won so I followed them after that not realising the rivalry between the two clubs my subsequent Australian friends especially the Geelong supporters were up this morning uh, to see the second half as was I says Michael in County Meath I think Aussie Rules is the best football game in the world folks I'm a GA man played all my life also a big soccer fan but the game is everything catching, kicking tackling, scoring seriously athletic the rules are genius in my opinion very defined which I find is not the case in other sports used to watch it as a kid on TG4 says uh, Lenny and Monaster Evan in County Kildare like when you come back to Ireland it's almost rest and relaxation for you now at the moment Cora uh, I wouldn't say rest and relaxation it, it'll be different this time when I come back home because Obviously, the seasons has changed. So, um, you know, I'll be back home just in time for Christmas. Um, normally, I'm the opposite. I'm I'm out here for Christmas. So, um, season will be quiet because normally when I come back home, I'm I, I'm straight into the club season. So, yeah, this will be probably the first time when I come home that I actually won't be going into another season. Um, so, yeah, it'll be probably the first time that I have a, have, have a break from sport and God knows how long. So, um, probably since since I broke my leg a couple of years ago. So. Yeah, it'll be different. Um, it'll be nice to be home for Christmas because I haven't been home um, for Christmas in, in, in six years. So, that, so that'll be nice. But um, no, there's certainly no rest and relaxation at the moment. Um, yeah, it's, we're, we're still obviously um, in the thick of the action here. But yeah, um, certainly um, when, when, when I get home for Christmas, uh, it'll, be, um, yeah, it'll be nice and relaxing. And do you identify with uh, what Kieran and Mickey are saying about standards and like just the, the night and day aspect of amateur versus pro? Yeah, it's, it, there's obviously different. I wouldn't say there's night and day. Um, you know, yeah. the GA, while it's it's amateur by name, it's it's still very it's still very professional in everything they do, um, training standards and and, and all of all of all of the above. Um, I, I think the biggest thing that I've taken away from it is that yeah, being a professional athlete is the time that you have um to recover and get the best out of yourself for when you're playing Gaelic football at home, you probably just don't have that time because you're trying to work um, a job, whatever it might be, if it's a, it's a normal nine to five job or the shift work, whatever it might be, you just don't have the time to dedicate fully to um, whatever it might be. So in my case over here, I, I dedicate all my time to, to AFL. There, yeah, we're, we're certainly um, told to switch off and away from it. And I suppose the longer I'm here, I've got better at that early days, um, the first couple of years, you don't do that. Like the boys said, on your day off, you're in doing extra craft or you're in doing recovery or it might be. But I suppose the longer you're here and probably the little bit more comfortable you're getting with the game, you, you realise the importance that it is to switch off. So, yeah, I think it's it's to try and find that balance. Um, you know, as I said, I'm here six years now. So, you know, I'm probably more comfortable with the game than I was obviously when I came here first. Um, yeah. But yeah. professional sport, you know, the GEA, as I said, is all... Um, by name is amateur, but it's professional in everything in, in everything we do. But yeah, as as Mickey said, it's it's really important when you go home. You do try and bring things that you might little nuggets that you learn over here that you can bring home that might um help within your club your club scene. Look, I know it's part of the fabric and the culture and the identity and the cornerstone of the GA that it is um, amateur. But I don't like when I hear that not from you, Cora. But I just don't like. I just wonder about the fairness of that. That. It's amateur, but it's professional in every other way. And I don't I, the, the fairness of that for GA players is something that sometimes grates on me. You know. Yeah, it's. The, 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 sorry, Cor, you want to come in there? 
No, yeah, like I, I, I'm out of, I'm out of the county scene for for a number of years now. But I, I, I remember my time, and obviously it was a long time in the county scene. It's just that you put in so many hours, and like my memories of it, especially my kind of last um, couple of years in it, that you know you be. You get up on a example for an example on a Wednesday morning to go to work early to be in maybe for eight o'clock because that day you were training and you know going from Mayo to Athlone because we trained in, in Midlands midweek. Um, you you leave work early to get to Athlone maybe for six o'clock for a seven o'clock training, get home get get out of Athlone at ten o'clock and and get home sometime by twelve or half twelve to to Mayo and, and then you've you have to get up and go to work on a Thursday morning. And, and in that day, then you have to try and maybe fit in a gym session or, or, or maybe have club training. And it was just the aspect that your days were ended up being so long where we're here. You just train, you recover, you train, recover. And, and you know, it's um, when you're trying to give it your all. I, I was the type of player that tried to give my all. I, you know, club was as important to county when I played. So, you know, I, I, I attended all club trainings. That was the way I was. But. Yeah, life was, you know, you're just so busy. It was five or six days a week that you were given to both club or county. And then, as I said, trying to work a 35-hour job on, on, on top of that and and maybe being pulled in other directions for other things as well. So I just, that's the biggest difference that I've found between um, the two. Even when I'm here, the amount of downtime and, and relaxation time that you have compared to when you're at home is, is completely different. But um, that's just the way it is. If you want to be the best at Anthony, as I said earlier on, John, you're going to put all your all your efforts into be uh, into it and you know that's that's your individual choice you know I, all my time that I gave to Mayo you know I never regret any of that I loved every time I pulled on the jersey so that's just the way the sport is and you know um, and in no way um, as I say ever regret anything that I, that I have done with them I enjoyed every moment that I, pl- I played with them No no absolutely and I completely accept that Cora I just kind of feel that is there a sustainability question is there a fairness question going forward about what players have been asked to do yeah, and look at there's in the GA. There's at intercounty level ways and means. They're trying to, I suppose, the GPA are trying are there to try and help with that player welfare and and monitor as best we can to to try and get the best out of players, not just on the field but off the field. And it offers us, you know, it offers us more than just a game of football. That it's it's it is a way of life, and it's just trying to strike that balance. And is it, uh, is it in balance for you at the moment? Uh, no, I think I've got I've find, found myself I've got a better grasp or understanding of things that I know when okay that's more important um, family's more important um, work commitments whatever that you go through a phase where you miss weddings and miss it's it's almost a given that your family don't even expect you to be at certain things um, but I think that that day is kind of maybe I'm over the hill a little bit where you start to look at things a little bit different um, and there's probably that you're willing to have that conversation with management and say look I can't because um, and I think it might be different from county to county maybe we're in a bracket where you know division 3 division 4 um, whereas in other counties maybe it's a lot different for different players that are only starting out and that's they're the players that probably do bear the brunt of it um, that are starting out trying to break on the scene and they're the ones with the massive workload with college football under 20s breaking onto a senior squad and they're the ones that have to be looked after and and minded um, by by the playing group um, in, in the county or even greater from the likes of the GPA and the GA. What's your experience, Kieran, of obviously coming back from being a professional in Australia to now playing an amateur game in name, but with a lot of professional, um, I suppose, demands on it? Um, I like what Mickey 
uh, just said there, it really does become a way of life. Um, I know myself, I know no different. And when you are immersed in it, um, it does offer you a lot more than just a game of football. Um, yes, you're committed to it five, as Cora said, five, six times a week. Uh, but not only are you getting training, um, camaraderie with teammates, creating memories and friendships for life, it's, um, as Mickey said, it is more than a game. And when you are immersed in it, I, I literally wouldn't know what else I would do if I didn't have it. So uh, we do it for the love of the game. And look, it's, it's an amateur sport and it always will be. And I think if it, it, it never will go down the professional side of things, but I think that would actually ruin it. Um, so you're staying. <laughs> uh, give me a week Mickey give me a week uh, you're gas man Mickey you're gas man we're going to wrap it up shortly uh, there folks um, just just in terms of like the Connor Nash is doing well down there isn't he at the moment Kieran uh, with Hawthorne um, like you know what kind of skill set are you know would make it, it, it possible for a, a, a GA player at the moment to go and, and do well in the AFL yeah, um, Connor's going really well. I was actually chatting to him recently. Uh, he's with Fionn O'Hara as well at the club. Um, Connor's a, a serious athlete. He's, he's tall, he's quick. He's, um, his repeat efforts in terms of speed endurance and to be able to back it up again and again is, is, uh, is admirable. And that's something that you have to be able to do at AFL level. It's, as Mickey and Coral will tell you, there's a lot of kilometers and high intensity within the game so you've got to be able to back it up week in week in, week out so uh, yeah fitness is, is, is a massive thing and if you can do that for a longer period of time you're going to hold yourself a good state Akora um, Kevin McStay is he going to bring the Holy Grail back to Mayo? You'd hope so um, I think it was a very good appointment um, by the county board um, I think yeah, Kevin and his backroom team which you know um, is outstanding with obviously Rotford um and Donny Buckley, two guys that have been around the block and add in a few more, Damian Mulligan and a few more in there. I think, yeah, um, I think Kevin obviously has been, as we well know, vying for this job for a very long time. So, yeah, I'm delighted that he's got it. Um, I think he's a very passionate Mayo man and, you know, he's a very shrewd operator. Um, you know, we've seen how, how well he done with Ross Common when he was with them. So, um, yeah, there's, there's, there's certainly obviously in Mayo, there's always hope. Um, you know, there's the, the bones of a very good young team there. Um, you know, Barra kind of one or two guys, the likes of like Lee Keegan, Aidan O'Shea. Um, we have the bones of a, a very good young, young team, guys that w- will come back from injury, the likes of Tommy Conroy, um, who will be hugely important to the team this year. So, yeah, um, I'm sure um, all Mayo supporters again come the 1st of January and we'll, we'll certainly have hope that you know Mayo can get that ultimate prize. I'm sure when they heard about the um, the two boys coming back from Dublin, that probably dinted their hopes a little bit with Mangan and, and McCaffrey coming back. But um, yeah, as I said, Mayo are always op- optimistic and yeah, I'm sure Kevin will do a great job. As I said, there's plenty of young talent coming through. You have an ex-dub there now in Longford, Paddy Christie. Yeah, looking forward to it. Um, I suppose Paddy, um, you know, everyone knows what he brings with Ballymun and even the time he had with Tipperary and would have worked with him a little bit um, with DCU through doing a bit of coaching with the Sigerson squads and uh, he's he's a real players guy. Um, so look, we're kind of looking forward to, to seeing how next year starts off um, and, and get as many players back in the squad as possible. I suppose for the likes of ourselves, we want to have all players that can be on a county squad 
in there and I think that probably hasn't been the case and uh, a lot of guys probably opt to walk away a lot sooner than than possible for different reasons and um, we hope that if there's the right environment that they'll commit to something and maybe a Talchin Cup is definitely something that's within grass when you see what Westmead did and what it's brought to them um, and I think it's something for progression for the likes of Longford that you can aim for that and hopefully develop a plan for maybe the next three, four years. And Kieran, what's it been like uh, playing under Mickey Hart? Yeah, it's been uh, it's been unbelievable. Um, we're definitely brewing something pretty special here in Loud coming from Division 4 to Division 2 and in a matter of seasons, uh, Mickey and Gavin are, have brought uh, an edge of professionalism that Loud football, I suppose, hasn't experienced in, in, in a long time. So, Exciting times ahead for Loud, and uh, hopefully we can uh, put it up against the Dubs next year. I suppose when he walks into the dressing room, you know, there's uh, there's all those All Irelands, all that experience. So you know, the players listen, and uh, it must be an exciting time. Yeah, definitely. Uh, as soon as he speaks, everyone kind of shuts up and uh, and they and they listen to him. So uh, he's a he's a massive figure winning the GA, and he's he's done some great things across GA across his lifetime. So uh, it's pretty special to have him within loud circles and um, yeah hopefully they can go on to do something special Whether well, if you go down to Carlton um, Kieran the best of luck with it or if you stay in loud the best of luck with that as well thanks guys and the best of luck with the business Cora look uh, I know it's late there so the best of luck against Adelaide tomorrow thank you that's a Cora Cora and Kieran there and Mickey thanks for coming in thanks Mill. up Longford <laughs> the Saturday panel on Off the Ball